Hey everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight, I'm Peter, that is Tim and we are going to talk about horror movies. In particular, in this episode, we are going to talk about Get Out, which is the recent film uh, directed by Jordan Peele, which I think is his directorial debut. That is correct. Yes, Peele. I guess if you count Keanu. um, Was that a co-directional effort? That's what I think, yeah. Okay, all right. Not, his solo debut no they'll be verified but yes uh so <laughs> certainly it's the first time I, that i'm also aware of these they certainly done a horror movie so that that's oh, yeah, the definitely. thing uh obviously mm-hmm. this is a uh, peel of uh kane peel uh mm-hmm. who i'm not that familiar with i know them mainly from season one of fargo of all places oh, right. that's where right. i someone did send me a sketch uh mm-hmm. where they talk about the wives and they're scared to say bitch and that was quite <laughs> funny so that's cool uh yeah. but i'm not super familiar with them i've not seen keanu so uh, you know, oh i'm surprised keanu's uh i think you would enjoy it well it's a movie about a cat so yeah <laughs> so of course i'm I'm going to be into it yeah i'll, I'll let you track down keanu and give it a watch but uh so that, this is a horror movie and this we're going to start spoiler free of course mm-hmm. uh, as we always do and we'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers uh, about halfway through something like that so I want to say, like the first time I heard about this movie, I, I just I got the trailer. I got the trailer when I was seeing something else a few months ago, mm-hmm. and I have to admit, when the movie when the trailer started, I was like, and it's it's you know it's Chris talking to his his girlfriend. He's like, and they're clearly going to her parents to visit, and he's like, do they know I'm black? Which mm-hmm. I, I should probably actually I should probably explain the plot of the movie before I even <laughs> say this. Yeah. Uh, so, Get Out is a film about Chris and Rose. Uh, Rose being white, Chris being black, and he's going to meet her parents, and he's he's a little bit concerned. All right, you know, white parents maybe they're not expecting the black boyfriend kind of thing, and it's basically a paranoia film where he's noticing these weird things about them. And again, I'm just taking this from the trailer around the movie itself. Is mm-hmm. uh, it's they are either racist, part of some sort of racist cult, or mm-hmm. something like that is going on. And it's mm-hmm. evil, and it's that, that's the kind of the premise of the movie. And when I saw the trailer for the first time, so that, that line at the start, oh, do they know I'm black? I'm like, wait, so this is probably a, a rom com then about you know the wacky <laughs> antics of the slightly racist parents and the, yeah. the new boyfriend. It's going to be that. And then it took this turn, and it was it went into the, all the horror elements about these evil white people like, kidnapping this black man. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. oh, oh dear, whoa. This is a this is a very uh, extreme idea. <laughs> I was not expecting yeah. this. Uh, I, I have to admit, I was very relieved to find out a black man directed it. Uh, oh, definitely. Yeah. Because I because I I didn't know that when I was when I was watching the trailer, and I was like, oh, this this feels kind of exploitation here. If if this is, and, and it was when I found out it was Peel that directed, I was like, oh right, okay, okay, it's it's coming from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Interesting, yeah. and. Then the movie started getting really good reviews. Like the the Rotten Tomatoes score was up at hundred percent for a long time mm-hmm. until one negative review bumped it down to ninety nine. What a jerk! <laughs> I know, what a jerk! And I was like, oh, okay, all right, people are really t- t- uh, getting into this. Uh, they're talking about it as if it's really good, and mm-hmm. I am happy to say it is actually really, really good. Oh yeah, uh, I was. I, I think there was a lot of people that when the trailer came out. You know, some people I feel like didn't take it seriously. Some people like were like, "Oh, I don't know, this might be you know a, a little dicey or something." But I was actually pretty excited for it. Uh, I, th- I think to- because it touches upon this very specific kind of racism that, that it's that it's going for. Right. At, least, at least on the it's, surface, when you just see the premise, you're like, "Yeah, 
like it, racist white family are kidnapping black people it, or whatever or it, something like that. It's a much more real horror, uh, especially like you know with all of the you know kind of stuff that's been happening uh, you know in in. I was going to say the U.S., but I guess kind of the world, like the last couple of years, you know, it's a very sensitive thing. But uh, I, you know, thought it was a very interesting idea. I thought it looked really good and I thought it would be a good movie. But, yeah, I wasn't expecting the like just backlash of like positive review after positive review. Oh, yeah, it, it, and, honestly, right from the opening scene, because like, I, I went into it not knowing what to expect from the style of the film, like mm-hmm. from a directing point of view. But right from the opening scene, it's long shots, it's suspense, it's like seeing things in the background and it's building up stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is, Peele's quite a good director. What's going on? Yeah, like, well, what, what, like talk what? about a guy that really knows his stuff. And I love that he was able to just kind of sit back and do it. Like, you know, obviously he's mostly known for acting and I'm glad he didn't, you know, try to give himself like a part in it or, you know, make it about him. Like it seemed like it was very much knew what it was doing and what it needed to do to make like a very compelling and interesting uh, film. Yeah. I, I think there are some, some, some of the humor is in there. Like, uh, uh Chrissy's best oh, friend, um, Rod, like he, he, he mm-hmm. has a lot of comic relief in, yeah. in the film. Uh, he, he's mostly like talking to him over the phone as he's on this trip. And he, he yeah. has a lot of funny lines, and I think some of some of his humor is still in the film, but it's at the right place. It relieves tension here or there, and it, yeah. it does that kind of thing. Uh, but for the most part, though, it's really well directed. Like the the opening scene, especially. Like I was not expecting these long takes and what what mm-hmm. it was doing. And then, of course, the film does have a message, although it's not the message you probably think it is going in. Mm-hmm. It's, oh yeah, it, don't get me wrong. It's definitely racial. Mm-hmm. message but it's not just it, this, is, this sounds really weird thing to say but it's mm-hmm. not just the black and white of racism is bad it's it's not that it's not that simple it's actually a deeper more specific issue and that, that was interesting to me for a start in fact the probably the most uh uncomfortable i felt in the film was uh i cringed at certain moments we'll talk about that in the spoilers <laughs> what was causing me to cringe and why i was cringing but it it focuses on something really specific and i think it is such a because I I, th- I, th- I think, you know, I honestly think a- anyone of any race can make a movie about racism being bad. I don't think sure, that's yeah. actually that hard. It's actually quite easy. <laughs> you, you, you you take characters, you make sure that you humanize them and you make people relate to them and you show bad things happening to them and it's very easy to say, this is obviously bad. This shouldn't be happening. Yeah. This movie is about something really specific that I don't think, I don't think a white person could have made this movie. I think it's impossible. No. Because no, certainly I, not. I, I don't think I don't think any white director would have the idea to explore this spe- exactly specific thing this movie tackles. Yeah, and I, I think it does such a good job of you know, like you really like the main character and you feel awkward when he feels awkward. And obviously, as a white man, I've not been in like the same situations that he has. Oh, of course. But you can like. But you totally feel for him, and like, yeah, like there, there are parts where well, to, to to go on this tangent, uh, just a little bit about art in general, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> this is relevant to what you just said. Is mm-hmm. the good thing about art is you can take a person of any color, any sexuality, any gender, whatever. Mm-hmm. You can take an animal. You can take a robot. You can take anything, and you can give them qualities you can make the audience relate to that 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 person that thing whatever 
pick it. I mean, take a toaster. There's a, there's a movie called The Brave Little Toaster, and it works <laughs> because it doesn't matter if you have ever actually went through something, you can relate to certain things. You can relate relate to feeling alienated, you can relate to feeling like an outsider, you, you can relate to these things. Most people have felt variations of those things at some point in their life. You can do that. It, it <laughs> works, and that's what art does, is you... You you can empathise with situations you've never been in, and and something like this it, it's uh, perhaps a more of a serious example of it, where it is taking something that is very relevant in today's society, mm-hmm. and it is something where uh, you 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 can feel maybe at least a portion of what this feels like, and you can maybe empathise with it in a way after you've seen this movie that you couldn't have before. Uh, Definitely, and I think this was an interesting one because I don't necessarily think that this is what this movie's about. I don't think I would have. Assumed this was as much of a problem as like the more obvious stuff. And sure, I think mm. the more obvious stuff is worse because the more obvious stuff is just flat out evil and bad and wrong. Yeah. But it was interesting. It was enlightening, I guess, in that sense when you realise what the movie's doing. And again, we'll save the actual conversation for spoilers because I feel yeah. like that spoils kind of what the movie is and where it goes. But uh, yeah, that's, and, yeah, and it's a it's definitely a nice movie, and it, it makes you think. Like after I saw it, you know. Sometimes you you watch a movie and then you leave and if you're with your friend or your girlfriend or whatever, you might just be like, so what do you think? Like, ah, it's okay or whatever. But, you know, this is one of those movies that I saw with my girlfriend. We probably talked for, you know, like 30, 45 minutes afterwards just about like, you know, oh, like this, that. And I really like this part. And I'm like, oh, this part was crazy. And it's it's definitely something that sticks with you. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of good moments. Uh, some really creepy shots or some good suspense obviously there's a lot of paranoia thing stuff where he's, he's noticing things and you're like oh does this mean something does that mean something and it all, it all kind of builds the cast are all pretty good uh, the lead actor who's uh, Daniel uh, Kaluuya who's, a, who's an English actor actually I know him in fact as soon as I saw the trailer I knew I'd seen him from he's in an episode oh. of Black Mirror which is very good oh okay yeah. he's in the second episode of that uh, 15 million merits very very good uh, I have to check that out. Yeah, he he was great. I had never seen him before, but he you know, yeah I, he he was really good because I, I think he, his reactions to things as they were happening were <laughs> very kind of like subtle and awkward. Like the way he would try and kind of pretend he was okay with things when clearly it was uncomfortable. Yeah, like he never oversold anything. Like there was a lot of stuff that you could imagine another actor might you know roll their eyes and be like okay or something but you know he just had like a lot of very subtle like you know movements in his, his like face so like you just look like see the look in his eyes where you know he just played it off like very real very like oh you can tell he's uncomfortable but he's yeah. not like going but, crazy with it but you, another thing with the character that I, I think is also very relatable is the way like his girlfriend will say oh, i'm going to bring this up i'm going to talk to them about this thing they said or yeah. this thing that happened <laughs> and he'd be like no 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 it's fine just leave it just leave it and i can relate to yeah. that because that's the sort of thing where the, the thought of confronting someone with a complaint about anything oh definitely is yeah. like horrifying to me <laughs> i don't want to do it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I will suck it up and whip, bitch and whine to someone else later, but I won't do it. Yeah, that's what that's one of those things. Like, yeah, you tell your friend or your girlfriend or whatever in private, and then when they're like, "Oh, well, we should like you know go tell that person," you're like, "No, no, no! What are you crazy? Like, <laughs> I don't want shock. Stop it! Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. don't. I don't want to talk to the waiter. I'll just eat this food that I didn't order and yeah. be happy with it." 
Yeah, no, it's just one of those subtle little things. And uh, I think all the cast are great. I think the two parents, uh, especially the dad, he's pretty great, I think. Yeah. He's got a very sort of soothing, kind of friendly tone. That he sort of, you know, he's got a dad voice, I guess, is what I'm saying. But oh, yeah, he's definitely. Good. He's good. Uh, I think the only one who may be a bit over the top is the brother character who shows up. I think he's maybe a bit too cartoony. Yeah, he... <laughs> He was a weird character, but again, it fits to go with that, you know, the vibe of that, like, awkwardness, that tension that's, like, building up in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, so that's pretty much the spoiler-free version, I guess. Uh, it, it definitely goes places in the second half, which is kind of expected, but there's some twists to it that maybe you didn't expect, and... Yeah, I, I think for a while I thought I knew what was happening and then i was actually pleasantly surprised like i was like well i shouldn't say pleasantly surprised but i was genuinely surprised when i was like oh no that's what they're doing oh i didn't expect that yeah because i think there's some parts of it you think you've pieced together early on but then by the end it does it goes in a similar direction as to what you thought it was but there's maybe some twists and turns and yeah that kind of thing uh so no i I think i think we'll Obviously, we recommend it. It's a very good movie. Uh, If I have any complaints, I I think that maybe the like maybe maybe the 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 back act of the movie, the third act, the ending, sort of well, good. I don't know if it maybe holds up to the first like two thirds. Um, I I can see that. I I still enjoyed it. It's certainly not bad, but it is definitely like a shift in... It it goes because the first two thirds are very, again, very sort of slow and brooding and building of tension and paranoia. And then that last third is a bit more schlocky, where there's more violence and there's more things going on. And it's Mm -hmm. a bit more like when you find out what's actually happening, it's a bit out there. And like the whole thing just feels a bit less realistic once you get to that point. Yeah, no, I I agree. I still I still dug it, and I I don't think you're bad mouthing it or anything, but um, well, no, <laughs> yeah, but it it's still it, it's different, but I I think it still works. Yeah. I said step down. I didn't say bad. I said it was. It, I just uh, I know, I know. not as good as the first two thirds <laughs> is yeah. what I'd say. Um, but no, that's uh, that, so spoilers. Let's go into spoilers. Full spoilers right, from right. this point on for Get Out. Now, let's talk about cringe. Because this movie made me cringe more than a lot of other movies have in a long time. And it was... Obviously she warns and Rose warns Chris that her dad's going to be like, oh, I like Obama and all that to try and like, impress you and stuff. And yeah. you're sort of expecting that. And he does indeed say that. Uh, he also mentioned... That was like, a very funny uh, callback, I thought, when he... Like, she, he yeah. says the exact same thing she he she yeah. says that he was. And the the, the, the mention... He mentions other black like historical figures and celebrities, and it's a little bit cringeworthy, and you're feeling kind of... But you, you get the feeling, at least at that point with the dad, that he's trying to be really friendly, and you kind of forgive it to that point, where you're like, okay, this is a bit yeah. cringy, but you can tell that Chris knows this is coming from like a, a good place, like a good friendly place. It's when they have the dinner party, or the sort of... Well, not dinner party, but the party they have outside where all, all of these other old friends of the family come, and they're all <laughs> all these old white people, except one Asian guy, which I thought was an interesting <laughs> interesting thing. But all, yeah. all these old white people come, and they're all it, 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 there's this great montage of it cutting between him and Rose, like sort of just been introduced to each of them, and they all say something different, and it is the most cringe worthy five <laughs> minutes of any film in a long time. I yeah. 
Oh, every single one of them. Because there's one old guy who you think has just been normal. He's been fine. He's, he's acting cool. He's he's talking about golf. He's like, oh, I used to be a golfer. I love golf. Do you usually play golf, Chris? And he's like, oh, do you swing? He's like, yeah, I used, to, I used to do it. And you think, oh, this is the one guy who's normal. And then he has to say, I know Tiger. And you're like, oh, God, this is so cringy. They, they all either bring up a black celebrity to be like, oh, see, I'm cool. I like black people. Like They all, they all yeah. do that. And it's really cringy and really awkward. Uh, and then there's of course that one old woman who's like sort of steps in and feels his muscle and then and looks at Rose and goes, "Is it true? Is it better?" <laughs> uh, and it's it's very very uncomfortable. And obviously that one's over, clearly over a social line, but the rest of them are all very kind of believable and awkward. Yeah. And I th- obviously, I'm what I'm really hitting at here is is the film is really about this. It's about it's not so much about evil white KKK, like, you know, hunting down black people. It's not really about that. That's what it looks like yeah. in the trailer. That's what you kind of jump to. But what it's really about is super liberal white people trying to appear like they're not racist and going over the line rather than actually just treating them as normal people. They have to go, oh, you're black, so I must do this, this, and this to appear as if I'm, I'm friendly with you rather than just be, you're Chris. How are you? Nice to meet you. <laughs> Great. Uh, we're just two people in a room. No, instead it's oh no, I I, I like Obama and do you? I like this and I like that and see, I'm I'm tip. I'm I'm with you you folk. But what's great though is it works like on you know a couple of different levels where yeah, when you first watch it, you're having that cringeworthy like hmm. ooh, you know this is awkward, blah blah blah. But then once you find out what they're doing and you know once you see like uh the end of the movie and then if you you look back on that scene and it's like oh like they're oh, saying yeah. this because of this yeah and, yeah yeah you know the basically the guy's like a piece of meat that they're all kind of checking out and inspecting and well, yeah because obviously when he first arrives at the house they've got this uh this what appears to be a maid and a groundsman and they're both black mm-hmm. and the dad even awkward says i know how this looks we're a sort of well-off white family with like black servants and he he tries to like, diffuse it and I think the obvious thing to assume is that they're brainwashing black people to be right. modern day slaves. So that's that's kind of what you, you get from it. And yeah. the twist is, of course, though, and again, we're in spoilers here, so we're talking about everything. The twist is, though, is what's actually happening is that, because they actually set up that the wife is a, a hypnotist, a therapist and a hypnotist, and the dad's a neurosurgeon. And the neurosurgeon kind of gets forgotten, because he mentions it when you meet him, and you think... It doesn't feel like it's relevant the rest of the movie. What you think is happening is that she's hypnotizing them to make them like servants and slaves and whatever. And that's what's happening. It's, and all these rich white people, these old white people, are because when, when they're at the party and Chris is away with Rose, and they're, they're all silently voting uh, with bingo cards on on Chris. Oh. There's, a, there's a big photo of him on yeah, the that- at the front. That scene was – it's so creepy and disturbing. I think that's one of, like, the kind of first – aside from, like, the beginning of the movie, that's one of the first, like, big, like, ooh, something bad, you know, is, is going to happen. Yeah, because I, I think what makes this work especially is that it's silent because they don't speak. Yeah. And obviously they're not speaking because they don't want to be shouting out what they're doing. So they're all doing it completely in silence, and it just makes it that extra bit creepy. And the guy who actually sort of has the winning bid for him – is a guy who Chris ran into, and he actually seemed like the one nice guy, which of course he turns out to be the one who's going to <laughs> want him, uh, who's a blind guy who used to be a photographer, and Chris of course is a photographer, and he's fairly successful, because the, the guy like, knows his photographs, uh, and when I say he knows his photographs, that's going to sound weird because he's blind, but obviously <laughs> he says that he used to 
be a he was an art dealer, a photography dealer, and his assistant now describes the photos to him so that he can deal and he knows that's weird. But so so what it turns out is it turns out that between the the hypnotist to get rid of the, the person in the head as it were and then the neurosurgeon, they actually are putting the minds of these old white people who are dying or sick or ill into young black people, and they're using their bodies as like a as a vehicle, basically. This, this is now my, yeah. my robot that I can now use to still live. And it's kind of a neat twist because you think that... Because it feels like the, 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 the maid and the groundsman are... It's a, it feels like they are brainwashed. It feels like they, they can't function properly in terms of speaking. It feels like they're mm. being really weird. But what actually turns out is is they don't know how to speak normally. They, they are speaking like old, really old. Because they, they turn out to be the grandparents. And because yeah. how old the parents are, they, you know, they're obviously from really long ago. They, they've been, they would have been dead like 20 years ago, 30 years ago, had they like let, let them die. Yeah. And... You you get that they're they're trying to pretend to act normal, but they're they're not quite hitting it. And it comes off as they're brainwashed and they can't speak properly. But it's actually they're actually just really old white people, and they're they're speaking yeah. in really posh ways. That uh, and they, they try to not speak to Chris. They try and like get him to not talk to them as quickly as they can. Because there's yeah. a great moment where it doesn't actually click right away when it reveals what they're doing. That that's what the those two people are until he runs mm. into the the kitchen and the woman who's supposed to be the maid is actually just sitting in and isn't acting yeah. weird anymore <laughs> and you get that she's been putting on a show for yeah. him they've, they've just been they've been appearing to be these two characters for his purpose for this whole charade before the family strikes and takes them in and does what they're doing to them yeah and then we also get that like really good scene with um the person that we saw at the beginning of the movie is now at the party but like you said he's kind of dressed like an older (laughs) like by by the way i want to point out that opening scene uh, with this this guy who's in the suburbs where this house is and he's on the phone he's he's asking for directions trying to find a a house and we see this white car notice it's a white car by the way not a black car a white car (laughs) evil white car uh is sort of following him and he notices it's following him and he's like and he just tries to shrug it off. He tries to go the other way. He doesn't want trouble. Yeah. And the car tur- And when the camera turns round, we see the car stopped and the doors open. Mm-hmm. And then we see that. And it's such a beautifully suspenseful sequence. And he comes in yeah. and grabs him. And it's just, oh, it's, it's really, it's really good stuff. But yeah, he shows up at the party and he appears to be brainwashed in that sense. Yeah. And he's talking really funny. And he's also with this really old woman who's much older yeah. than him. <laughs> It's like, yeah, older white woman is kind of like showing him off. And and again, it's like you said, you know, uh, Chris is really happy to see him, but there's like this weird disconnect between them. Like, you know, he goes to give him a fist bump and he doesn't really know what to do. He just kind of like shakes it. (laughs) And again, he talks like a sort of old white guy who's before our generation. Like, I I, I don't think like like most white people who are like in their 20s would talk the way these people are talking. But you can tell us as an older generation who doesn't understand how to communicate with young people let, let alone someone of a different race someone of a different culture like whatever they, they just come off as sounding weird and it's yeah. obviously he is actually this old guy and we find there's little triggers there's little hints of the the, the original person still in there and he kind of breaks down at one point and the, the title of the movie actually comes from when he breaks down and he starts shouting get out at Chris he tries to warn him and he's like get out get out um, uh, which is again that's another like great realization that you have afterwards because at first it just seems like he's crazy and like 
doesn't like him and wants him to leave but really like once you actually find out what's happening it's like oh no he's warning him oh, he's I, like I you actually, gotta get out of here i have to disagree with that slightly i actually do as soon as he did that, that that's what he meant no see i thought well the way i took it was that you know because he takes a picture of him with a flash on his camera and that mm. sends him into like a rage you know and he starts yelling yeah. like get out so the way i kind of took it was that he was saying like you know, oh like how dare you what are you doing here like you know, oh, no, get out of here because I'd, I'd already i was already thinking brainwash yeah. so I, I was thinking when he flashed the camera it snapped him out of the brainwash and he became him himself again and he started screaming get out and that's kind of what happened it's just i obviously mm. i didn't know they were putting like old white people in their heads <laughs> like yeah. that was that was the part i didn't know about i didn't guess that <laughs> I think that's one of like the scariest things about it. It's like not just the fact that, you know, someone is that, you know, taking over your body, but the fact that you are still trapped inside, but you're completely helpless. Yeah, there's, there's a great visual representation. You see what happens when she hypnotizes him and he's like in this like dark pit and he's just kind of, like floating with his arms and he's trying to I, get a hold of what yeah. he can do. Uh, yeah, he's in, in what they call like the sunken place. I think mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, uh, and that's just a great visual representation. Like, cause it it could have been so boring, just you know, oh, you know, you're hypnotized and they're just staring straight ahead. But everything, like the way she stirs the teacup, which it's so... by the way, I I love that when that first happens and she's tricking him into being hypnotized. Like he she he's not agreed to do this, and yeah, within a couple of seconds of her spinning the uh, the teacup, because he jokes about, oh, you're gonna put a pocket watch in front of my face. And she's like, yeah. oh yeah, no, that's just like, you've been watching too much TV. That's something that happens in movies. And you hear the sound of this teacup being stirred. And after yeah. a couple of revolutions, I knew what she was doing. I'm like, oh, she's doing it with a teacup. <laughs> and I got yeah. what she was doing. And it, it becomes, it's obvious later on because it becomes a running thing where she keeps using it. But mm. uh, it was a really cool, subtle way of starting the scene. And this is right after one of the best shots in the movie as well. That shot when he's outside and the, oh, the, yeah. the, the groundsman in the dark starts running towards him full speed and then just turns at the last second. It's just really scary. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good stuff. It's good stuff. Uh, uh, but, but yeah, no. I think that's just, it was just so cool that they took, like even something that might've been a little boring, like, like that, they found a really cool way to show it and make it visually interesting. Yeah. And Joe, jo- I like as well. I like that he has an arc in the movie. He has this thing where we find out about his mother, his mother died oh, when yeah. he was young because she, she was hit by a car and he could have potentially saved her, but he was at home watching TV. He never went looking for her. He never, and he did find out later that she could have survived. She la- she lay there and bled out, and he could have done something potentially to save her. And he he never did. He was he he ignored his problems. He ignored the problem, which I think is part of this movie as well. And it's part of the message. It's not to ignore or let this stuff slide. It's like if if this is going on, you do something about it. You say something or whatever. But that's a big theme of the movie yeah. is that he let things happen because he was negligent or he was too scared to say anything. And that that's kind of a, a running thing in the movie as well where he keeps not wanting to say something and he's eventually forced to and he feels guilt. Because they hit a deer on the way there. They're driving up to her house and they hit a deer. And <laughs> hitting the deer and the deer lying there bleeding out in the woods reminds him of his mother and it, it kind of sets this thing in motion. Yeah. Uh, through it. which is why it's great later on when he's tied up and there's like a deer head in the wall and it's staring down at him it's just a very good visual thing yeah. to remind him of his own sins and his own past and his own faults and the things that's eaten away at him and it's just it's reminding you throughout the movie it's really it's really good that way yeah it's a great scene but something about uh just a car hitting like cgi deer in a horror movie just like makes me laugh 
I'll be honest, it was so it was so quick that I never really noticed CG yeah. of it. If that makes sense. <laughs> no, no, it it looks it looks well. It's just it looks well. It didn't look well. It looked it looked dead, Tim. <laughs> no, I mean, you know what I mean. Like it, it's not like crappy CGI. I was I mean, just, a, I was just it was just the way you phrased it, Tim. It was, I was just making fun of you because you phrased it in such a weird way. <laughs> I just like I don't know. I feel like. Ring Two has just tainted me that now that any like deer in a horror movie just reminds me of that god awful yeah, no, piece I, of crap. I, I get you, I get you. But uh, it is a, a very good, uh, yeah, like theme to the movie. And then uh, I like that he uses the deer head uh, at the end of the movie in a very he, uh, he does yes he unique he, way. He he kills uh, the dad with a deer head. <laughs> Uh, which is which is amazing. It's very brutal as well. There's a lot of yeah. brutal death going on at the end as he sort of storms his way out and like sort of is victorious and killing everyone. Uh, which but obviously we're not we're not talking about the probably the biggest twist of the movie because I think early on in the movie you're sort of like wait is Rosen in this because she seems to be on his side yeah. the whole movie and you're mm-hmm. kind of waiting is she going to turn is she going to turn to be a part of this and is she luring the him here. And she claims that she's never dated a black guy before, and he finds all these photos of like her and a bunch of black guys, like tons of them, yeah. uh, an obscene amount. And it, it's pretty clear that she is in in this. And and what I what I was kind of had a couple of thoughts on this. Like, I w- yeah, at first I wasn't sure if she was in on it or not. Then I thought maybe she was, and then I kind of thought, well, maybe she's being hypnotized. I as thought that well. as well. Yeah. See, yeah. see, see when uh, like she, see when after he found the photos, but before she actually acknowledge that she was evil if that's a really black and white way of saying it and i shouldn't say black and white that's a really weird phrase to use in this movie but like it's before she acknowledged that she was also you know complicit in this and she was a, an active part of it i was thinking oh maybe she doesn't remember all the other guys like maybe like she's been yeah. hypnotized over and over to forget that she's luring these guys here and she's doing it without knowing it and that would have been interesting but no it just it's, it's more straight than that it turns out that she is luring the guys here one of the weirdest points i want to point out about her so at the end of the movie, when he's like, he's, he killed the mom, he's killed the dad, and he's got outside, and he's he's, the, the, he's killed the brother as well, I think, at this point, and he's, he's getting to the car, and he he shoots the brother or whatever, and she she's actually up in her room, and she's looking she's looking through like Tinder or something for more black guys. Or this, yeah, like yeah, she's she's good at her job, I guess. <laughs> but she's eating cereal, right? She's eating cereal. Oh, <laughs> uh, she's eating cereal. I think it's Fruit Loops. But here's the thing. She's got a bowl of Fruit Loops, which are dry, and a glass mm. of milk. She mm. eats some Fruit Loops and then takes a glass of the milk. Yeah. And I thought this was a really silly, but also really inventive little like uh, metaphor. Yeah. Because they see the white thing wasn't mixing with the coloured thing. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading into this too much. I mean, it, I didn't think about it, but I mean, that is a good point. Like that's. Uh, it's weird. Yeah. If nothing else, it's bloody weird. Yeah. Put the milk in the cereal. That's traditionally how it's done. <laughs> they go well together. It's beautiful. It works so goddamn well. Yeah. So goddamn well. That's funny. I didn't put that together, but yeah, that, that was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So, so obviously, like this movie's about these old white people wanting to use these young black people as vessels. And what's funny is, is because he sees this really old video introducing the whole idea, and then. The the guy who's taking his body, the the blind guy, sort of comes on the screen and he he talks to him for a little bit, 
and explains what he's doing and why he wants him. He wants him because he's a good photographer and he wants to be a good photographer. He, he wants his eye and it's not about race. And he even mentions that a lot of these people want uh, black guys because it's the, it's the, it's the end thing. Like one of the characters early yeah. on says, it's, it, oh, it's black is in, it's hip, it's yeah. the, new, <laughs> the new cool. And, the, and it's again, it's adding back to that idea that this isn't about people who hate black people, it's about people who need to prove they don't hate them. Rather than yeah. you know, it's, it's it's that type of like liberal. It's a, it is still racism, but it's a really different form of racism that maybe it goes unnoticed by a lot of people or mm-hmm. isn't considered racism by a lot of people. And yeah. it, it's very much that. And he he talks about it and he even says the line, "I don't even care that you're black. I just want your eye. Like I don't give a shit about that." And mm-hmm. like it, it just, I, I think it, it raises some interesting questions in there. Yeah, certainly. And then uh, this was a like a really. Um... Like, I don't know about you, but th- this was like a strange point in the movie where I was like, man, I don't know how he's going to get out of this. Like, <laughs> I-, I thought like, man, we might be heading for a really bummer ending. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I, I could have seen it going that way. How he actually gets out of it, I'm not sure I, I buy actually, <laughs> because he's restrained at the wrists and yet somehow he's put like the cotton from the, the chair because the, the chair's mm-hmm. got like a rip in it and there's like some some of the fluff is coming out and he puts that in his ears so he can't be hypnotised again and I'm like how did he reach his ears it looked like he couldn't do that but whatever um, yeah I thought about that too but again it's you know you give it a little leeway oh yeah well, that's like, not a big yeah. deal I'm just <laughs> like, I, I noticed it and I, I questioned it and I went this is a bit weird but it might also be one of those things that maybe because we weren't really looking for it we might not have noticed like if you go back and watch it now knowing what's going to happen you might look at the chair and see like oh there's more room on those straps to you know like it's still you know tied to the chair or whatever but maybe, yeah, maybe. it his head i don't know yeah, maybe. but i uh but I, I mean obviously though i was very happy uh to, to see that he managed to get out what's funny actually is once he gets captured and they sort of reveal this is what's going on. The movie shifts a lot. Uh, it shifts a lot to Rod, who we then yeah. follow. Because we've seen him in a few phone calls, and he's been, like sort of been helping out that way. But this is the point where he starts to suspect, okay, something's properly going on. He's being kidnapped, and he, he looks into the other guy that they, they saw at the party, and he's missing. He goes to the police, and the police all laugh it off. And interestingly, it's, like, it's three black cops who all laugh at him. They, they all laugh yeah. and say, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's... And again, maybe that's part of the point, is that it's, it's other black people also ignore this type of thing that goes on. And again, this is very exaggerated. It's very, this is literally kidnapping people and like putting their brains in them. This is obviously a, a, a movie version of what they're talking about rather yeah. than and, realism. And of course, yeah. And like, of course, like he's being very over the top with it. And like, he, I think he just keeps you know, saying the phrase sex slave. He does. He says the phrase sex slave a lot and it really hurts his credibility with everyone. Yeah. It really, really does. So he, he, he actually is investigating and he tries to get help and he even gets on the phone at one point to, uh, to Rose and oh, yeah. Rose actually is like, Oh, I don't know where Chris is, but you know, uh, I've always liked you. Don't you want to come and have sex with me? Like she tries to lure him in as well, uh, which was shockingly. I thought that was like really funny too because he starts like recording the yeah. phone call because he thinks something is up and then she kind of turns the tables on her. She's like, come on, like you always liked me, didn't you? You thought there was something between us and then he just hangs up the phone and he's like, ooh, she's smart. She's smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that, that's kind of the last we see him actually until the end of the movie. And this is kind of the funny thing that 
I thought played really well. And this is kind of a really subtle... Well, I say subtle, but... So, basically, Rose, after after Chris has killed everyone else in the house, and he's trying to get away in the car, Rose mm-hmm. comes after him with the shotgun, and she's chasing him down the street. And he manages to fight back, and they're kind of struggling, and they're both bloody, and we see a car pull up, a cop car, and you see the flashing lights of the cop car. And I think this is intentional. When that cop car pulls up, I legitimately thought this movie's ending with a cop shooting him because he's on top of a white woman. I legitimately thought that's what the ending was going to be. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily thought he was going to get shot, but I definitely thought, well, it clearly looks like he went on a rampage and killed this white family. Like, he, if he's not going to get shot, he might, he's going to be going to jail or something. But then we also, even in the beginning, we also had that, like, racist cop, you know, when they get pulled over that seemed like a little yeah. suspicious of him. Yeah, yeah, where he's, like, demanding the ID even though yeah. he's not the one driving, even though, and he, he he's, he's like, just wanting to get it over with and he, he, he gets what's happening, but he's like, let's just rush through it. Nothing can yeah. come of it. And she she puts up a fight, which is which is obviously the movie try to get us to support her and think that she's not a bad person and think that she's on his side. And obviously she's not really. Yeah. It's all part of the ruse. Uh, but no, I, I legitimately thought he was going to get shot uh, by the cop. And it obviously another reason why I thought that as well because I, I was obviously thinking of Night of the Living Dead. Uh, not to spoil an old movie, but I mean spoilers. Uh, that ends with the main black character being shot and. It's kind of sad that the ending of that movie is just as relevant and poignant just now as it was in 1968, but it is. Yeah. Uh, and I thought this movie was going to make a very similar point, where yeah. a white cop was just going to see what was going on, because she even starts playing up. She starts saying, help, help, he's attacking me. And I think, no, the cop's just going to shoot him. Yeah. And then the door opens and you see the initials. It's the airport <laughs> security. And it's it's Rod that steps out of the car and you breathe such a sigh of relief. And it's like, yeah. yes. Like, yes. talk about an effective movie. Like, so many movies, you know, you, you barely feel anything. And this, just, like, the wave of relief when you see that, you know, like, I'm, I may have, like, you know, not very loudly or anything, but, like, audibly, like, went, like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, but like, here, here's, the here's the thing. <laughs> that is only effective because we expect the racist thing to happen. We expect a white cop to overreact or, you know, act, jump the gun, to pardon the pun, and, you know, just assume that he's guilty and just take a shot or arrest him. Like, you expect the racist thing to happen, and because of that, you expect it to be bad. You expect him to be doomed because of this, and then it just happens to be his friend, and you you feel so, so relieved. The movie has you in the palm of its hands at this point, and that is really effective. Really effective. Uh, And that's basically where the movie ends. It ends with them in the car together, uh, driving off. And Rod keeps talking and saying things that are kind of funny. And obviously Chris is like, I don't want to talk. He's he's done. He's defeated. Uh, And it almost almost felt like, you know, if this is a metaphor for dealing with people who are trying to prove they're, they're killed with black people is... This is like almost in real life. This would be like him being driven home from a party where he's had to put up with so much white bullshit, <laughs> and this is just him at the end of the day. He's just tired. He doesn't want to talk. He wants to go home. Uh, now, of course, how they're going to explain this to 
authorities and this because this family is dead like you could probably try and analyze the aftermath of the movie but there's no point it's it's, it's not the purpose of the movie the movie has a message the movie has a, a thing that it wants to explore it has this this liberal racism that it wants to go into and it does it it does it effectively and it's it's creepy and suspenseful while it's doing it and i i think that's i think that's good i i, I think the the most interesting part about this movie is that it feels like a movie from a different perspective that i have not seen in a horror movie before and because of that, it felt fresh, it felt new, and it felt like I, I got something out of it. Uh, without a doubt, yeah. This is, you know, as I, I feel like the last couple of years, you know, well, I mean, we've talked about it a lot, how, you know, there's been a really, you know, re- great uh, resurgence of, like, indie horror movies. And I feel like at least once a year, we get, like, a new instant classic you know starting with like it follows and then the witch and i feel like this is you know what we get this year like i am you know i, I was so excited to see this it lived up to all the hype is um, it just me or is it weird that all of these have been early in the year because early in the year is right. usually shit for horror and to be fair otherwise it has been like every other horror <laughs> movie we've seen other than split actually split was good but like bye bye man <laughs> and yeah. rings like it's so full of shit at this time of year but the last three years now in a row with this it follows and the witch we've had this one just shining beacon of light yeah. <laughs> this great movie that has something to say and is deep and just good and well made not that, it, not that a horror movie has to be deep it doesn't all it has to right. be is suspenseful it just if it's well made then that's great that's all i need but all three of those do actually have something to say they all have themes they all have things they're exploring and talking about in different ways and you know it falls is about sexuality and growing up and about losing your innocence which is about yeah, what do you call it, like paranoia witch hunt kind of stuff yeah yeah it's just puritanical about, yeah, yeah 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 it's, it's about, about that kind of thing like you were saying, how these come out so early in the year, it's especially weird to me with horror films when you have such a specific month when people want to see horror movies and then like all of the best horror movies are almost as far away from it as you can get. Yeah, it's weird. Well, I wouldn't say they're all far away. They tend to be kind of evenly sprinkled. Because if you look at last year, we had... Which early on, then we had Conjuring 2 in the summer, and we well, had... I just mean specifically, like, these, like, three examples of these, like, you know, oh, really... Oh, right, yeah, okay, sure, yeah. 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 Uh, I don't know, I don't know. And then <laughs> October comes, and we get, like, a one shitty sequel that none of us want. <laughs> yeah. And we have to put up with that, is the, the horror movie for October, and that's upsetting. <laughs> <sighs> but it looks like we've got Insidious 4 this year, and I like Insidious series, so that's cool. Sorry, Same. I'm not as pumped for it. We'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> uh, but no, Get Out is really good. I, I highly recommend it. I think it's it's creepy, it's suspenseful, it's got good character work, it's got a character arc, and it's got something to say, and it's a unique perspective. And when I say unique, it's not that unique, but it's unique in terms of I've never seen it portrayed this way in a movie before, and that makes it kind of fascinating and fresh yeah. and new. So, And, and it's great to see... Um like a cool strong kick-ass black protagonist in a genre which you know the kind of the the cliche is that you know the black person dies first and yeah. it's you know cool to see something from that perspective um you That's know and true. then you know being the the dudes that survive and 
Uh, at the end. Do you know what, Tim? One day I'm going to make a slasher movie that's got an all-black cast except one white person and the white person's going to die first. <laughs> just to be a complete opposite of the, the cliché. <laughs> just for fun. I'll, I'll watch that. Hell, just... I'll be the white person. If you... <laughs> I cannot wait to kill you, Tim. I cannot wait. It's going to be so be much fun. <laughs> I, I mean, I dream about it every day, Tim. Let's be honest. That's, uh, that's, just, that's just my morning in the shower. I'm just like, uh, shampooing my hair. I'm like, ah... Uh, how good is it be? You just snap Tim's neck. Oh, it'd be so much fun. Well, as so long as, fun. as long as I'm being thought of, that's all. That's all <laughs> I want. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, nah. So it's really cool, and I, I cannot yeah. stress enough how the the montage of all the white people saying the no black celebrities or the like this, the like that was yeah. cringeworthy. It was so super cringeworthy. And uh, I, and it's also super cool that. You know, this isn't really like a hidden gem or anything. It's actually getting a lot of recognition and stuff. Like a lot of people yeah, are talking it's, about it. It's it's broke a uh, hundred million dollars, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I think there was like well. a big thing about that. Like, uh, I I could be wrong, but I thought I saw articles saying like Jordan Peele was like the first black director to break that or something. I cannot tell you, but it sounds sounds plausible. I I, I could be wrong. Don't quote me on it, but I I thought I read something about that. But that's great, and I'm. I already liked him before. Uh, I think I was kind of like you. Like I've seen, you know, a few sketches here and there. Um, but I, I've seen him in like a lot of other movies, and I, I always liked him. Thought he was enjoyable. But this brings it to another level where it's like, all right, well now I'm, like before I liked him. Now he's a guy that's on my radar. Where you know whatever his next project is, like I, you know, am excited for it. Well. I'll tell you what's exciting. He did say that he had ideas for other horror movies he wanted to do, with like different like core ideas like what, what is each this one was clearly about something and he's yeah. got like ideas for another couple that are going to be about something uh whether, whether that's specifically to do with race or maybe he's got a different thing that he wants to tackle uh it doesn't really matter if he's got ideas by all means go, go 100 i don't even need to hear anything else i'm already so I'll, like, I'll be I'm, honest now yeah. if i hear that he's doing a comedy i'm gonna be like what are you doing wasting your time in a stupid comedy get back to horror we only have like three good directors. You need to. <laughs> yeah, we need to do another one. There we go. That, that's uh, that's get out. So I, I think we've tangented enough there towards the end. Mm-hmm. Really good. Uh, so Timmy, what Ratings. is your rating for Get Out? <sighs> it's a little tough uh, because obviously it's great, but you know sometimes you're a little hesitant with like a newer movie. Like you don't want to automatically be, be like give it too high of a score but i can't really think of anything that i don't like about it and you know like like i said it's something that has stayed in my mind and you know i I didn't forget it i've thought about it even like weeks after seeing it and uh, i'm excited to see it again so it's a little high but i think i'm gonna give it a nine oh okay uh i i'm gonna go just a tinge lower i'm going to 8.5 out of 10 um like I say, See, I, I, I think the third act is still good. After the first two acts, it just feels a little bit uh, of a sidestep. Uh, so that just docks it slightly for me. But everything else, I can't uh, complain. It's really, really good. So There you go. Uh, let's get out. Let us know what you think of the movie. If you've seen it in the comments below, like and subscribe and all that stuff. Helps us out a lot. Get us on Twitter at mild underscore fuzz for channel updates. You can get me on Twitter at wibble89 or Tim over there at Tim Vergulish. But that's us, guys. Thanks for watching. <laughs> Keep watching scary movies and we will see you next time.